0: What's up, everybody? It's the Everyday Practical Dad podcast. My name's Corey. I'll be your Everyday Practical Dad for the purposes of this podcast. So, we're going to sit back and have fun. Dad's out there. Mom's out there listening. Want to know what dad's out there are thinking? (laughs) I'm a father of a two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old. She'll be three in June. And, uh, you know, it changed my life the day she was born. Day I found out she was gonna be born, to be honest with you. But so we're gonna talk about everyday da- practical dad stuff, but everyday practical dads they live a life. You know, they have their their daughter, their son, their children at the forefront of their life, probably their wife, spouse, partner as well. However, there's more to that. There's more to the story. There's a lot that's going on in our world that we need to pay attention to. So we're gonna talk a lot about the stuff that's going on in the world especially in the United States. I, I live in California. We'll talk about California as well. California politics. California life. Talk about politics in Washington. We'll talk about it from a practical dad sense point of view. Talk about it from a basic common sense point of view. Talk about how it relates to social media. A lot of crap on social media today. A lot of one-sided jargon on social media today. Where you don't get a common sense perspective. You get one person's opinion trolling another person's opinion on top of each other over and over again and you don't get the true picture. Talk about cable news and how it relates to politics in our society and our life today but there's one other thing we're going to talk about and maybe a few other things but one really big one in particular and that's the Washington Redskins because I'm a massive fan and HTTR for life no matter what you think of Snyder or Allen or any of those guys in the Washington front office. Very big, very big passion of mine. Love the Redskins. Born in Maryland, been a Redskins fan my entire 39 years of life. i uh, be 40 in October, so this is my last year in my 30s. Or as Ronald Reagan used to say, I'm going to be celebrating the 11th anniversary of my 29th birthday. Love it. Um, but we're going to talk about all that stuff. For the record, I am not a conservative. I am not a liberal. Uh, I absolutely have an independent point of view. And to be fair, and to be completely open and transparent, I am a registered Republican. But I am not, and I repeat not, a supporter of the Trump administration, nor Trumpism, because I fundamentally believe that Trump is not a true Republican. And I fundamentally believe he has hijacked our Republican party, and that needs to stop. And we need to take it back. So Republicans don't stand for what Trump stands for. And I didn't vote for Trump, but I know many of my friends, many people listening, probably didn't vote for Trump either. He has supporters though, and you may be one of them. And I don't discredit you because you see frustration in the United States. You've seen the frustration of the last eight years Well, excuse me, really the last 10 years, since 2008, now we're in 2019, but since the Obama administration took over, you've seen frustration, you've seen stagnation, you've seen issues that are real out there. And I get that. And Trump is, you know, the the source of some of those issues now. And Trump is the response to some of those issues from before. Anyway, we're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, the current climate in Washington. We're talking about the 2020 election. Uh, We're going to talk about the new stadium for the Redskins, hopefully, right? Uh, Coming up here, if uh, Dan Snyder gets off his rear end and starts fighting for it, because I think he missed his window to get that, uh, to miss his window to get that land. I still think somebody will probably give him land for the new stadium, But he might have missed his window of opportunity to put that stadium on the RFK site. Anyway, lots to talk about. Just a little teaser today of what we're going to talk about in this podcast. I'm going to try to post as many as I can each week. Uh, If I can do one a day, I will. Sometimes there might be two a day. Sometimes there might be two for the whole week. Because I'm an everyday practical dad. And I've got stuff to do. As all you dads out there know. Um, It's going to be fun. And I hope you listen. If you do... Listen Listen to the first episode, like and subscribe. Please share it with your friends. Looking forward to talking to y'all soon. Thanks. Hello, everybody out there. This is the Everyday Practical Dad podcast. I'll tell you what, I had a funny experience with my daughter this morning and my wife. Uh, after my daughter got done eating her breakfast and uh, um, finishing up her her milk. She she ran over the corner and and you could tell she was going potty in her diaper, and she started saying pee pee change. <laughs> and we're she's two and a half. We're in the process of trying to to uh, begin the potty training phase, so to speak. We've kind of informally started it, but we're about to go full scale. And and my wife looks at her my daughter and goes, you know what if you want me to change your diaper every time you go pee-pee, I don't care how little bit it is, we're going to have a problem. That means you're going to need to be potty trained. (laughs) And my daughter just looked at her like in amazement, like, what is that? And uh, it's just so funny to me. Uh, It never ceases to amaze me how amazing kids are. Um, And uh, it was in stark contrast to, um, I saw on my Facebook feed this morning, a picture of my daughter from two years ago. Uh, when she was six months old, adorables all get up, but man, they grow up fast and uh, I'm starting to really realize that and uh, it's making me treasure those precious little moments of something simple as changing a diaper um, and uh, kids are great uh, and all of you that are listening that, that have kids, you know you know what that's all about. So anyway, I uh, wanted to share a few things with you today on the podcast. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this, um, this Clemson university national championship visit to the white house (laughs) Mm. and, uh, kind of get a little, um, discussion going about the, the the picture of Donald Trump behind his table of fast food. Unbelievable. Right. Um, we'll talk about that. And I want to talk a little bit about a Redskins item as well, uh, today. Um, uh, lots of stuff going on with the Redskins right now. I just feel like it's kind of the calm before the storm uh, out there in D.C. There's, there's been a lot of nothing going on, and I feel like it's about to blow up somehow. Um, but anyway, t- starting with Trump this morning, did you see that picture of him behind that big spread of fast food, that big table in the White House where he's holding his hands out like he's all proud of this spread that he did for the college football national champions? Are you kidding me? Did you see the picture of Abraham Lincoln on the wall right above the current president of the United States. You've got the 16th president of the United States looking down on the 45th president right behind a table full of fast food. I I thought, oh my goodness. Lincoln was turning over in his grave. This is the best the White House can do for the college football national champions invited to the White House. This is the best they can do. And you just get the sense that Trump was proud of it too. Like he was sitting there Like, look at what I did. I mean, how the heck does this guy have time to coordinate fast food for the White House when he's got a freaking mess down Pennsylvania Avenue at the United States House of Representatives right now and the United States Senate, to be fair? I mean, that's a mess down the street from that house. I mean, a mess. Unbelievable that this guy is doing this right now. Unbelievable. Unacceptable. I couldn't believe it today. And I couldn't believe seeing that picture online and thinking, what would Lincoln think of this crap? I mean, unreal, right? So anyway, I was just blown away by the stark contrast of arguably the greatest president in our country's history. Really saved our country in many, many ways. Um, and I encourage you to, if you're, if you're not a fan of Abraham Lincoln or don't know a lot about Abraham Lincoln or maybe don't know a lot about U.S. history, but you'd like to learn a little bit more, just read some stuff on Lincoln. You can watch the movie, Lincoln. It was exceptionally well done and well acted. Um, there's probably some historical inaccuracies in that movie, but it's a, it gives you a pretty good snapshot of what it was like in those times. So if you want a visual depiction of Lincoln, watch that. If you want to just learn more about him, watch, read any, any books on Lincoln, and you'll be very astonished at the impact that this one man had on our country today. One thousand, eight hundred and sixty-five is when he passed away. Uh, we're coming up on—we just passed one hundred and fifty years um, uh, since he was our president. But today, the impact he still he made still it makes an impact today on our current society. So it's uh, just astonishing. Uh, uh, Donald Trump, such an unconventional president. Uh, obviously, the the media is completely well. Let me let me let me backtrack on that. The news entertainment media, which is cable news, is obviously up in arms with him in, in both directions, both positive and negative. And then the actual true uh, media uh, really doesn't know how to react to him. And I think they're, we're starting to get used to him in his unconventional ways, whether that be through his tw- Twitter ramblings to uh, his complete disrespect and disdain for the media and reporters. And uh, they're just getting used to it. I think we've become numb to it a little bit after two years of him in the office. Uh, actually, it'll be two years uh, on Sunday uh, coming up here uh, since he became president of the United States already. So, um, you know, hopefully it'll be uh, entering his last two years or less as president. I, you know, I think that personally, uh, I think uh, the country deserves a lot better. Um, I think uh, uh, to his credit, um, you know, he's not a politician. He, uh, has implemented and fulfilled several of the things that he said he would do in the campaign, which is, um, unique, unfortunately, in today's political realm. Um, there's campaign promises that never get delivered. In fact, most of them never get delivered. Um, we see president after president, not fulfilling their campaign promises, but, um, this guy's trying to, and I guess you've got to give him credit for that. He is the elected president of the United States by the American people. Um, and uh, he did win the vote in the Electoral College in a relative landslide. Um, so, it, you have to give him respect in that sense. Obviously, he's not an idiot. So, he did get elected the president of the United States. So, uh, but having said that, I think our country deserves more. It can do a lot better um, and there's plenty of fine men and women out there that could uh, perform at a higher level than him in that office. So, um, anyway, moving on from, from that topic for a second, I want to talk a little bit about the Redskins today. Um, and, uh, the reports that Greg Williams, the, uh, former interim head coach of the Cleveland Browns, previously the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns, um, and, uh, apparent possible future defensive coordinator for the New York Jets is somehow, interviewing again with the Washington Redskins for a spot with this team. Um, Very interesting situation. First of all, the Cleveland Browns let him go after making him the interim head coach and then promoting their own offensive coordinator to take his spot. So something messed up there. (laughs) Um, Because if they were going to promote their offensive coordinator anyway, why not make him the interim head coach? So that, that didn't really make sense to me. And maybe there's some local stuff in Cleveland that uh, we, I don't know about, but from a, from a, from a distance from afar, it looked a little suspicious. Um, so they let him go. And then there was all these talks over the weekend that he would be with the jets with Adam Gase, uh, which by the way, did you see his press conference and those squirrely eyes of his very odd? The media is having fun with that one. But anyway, uh, Greg Williams, um, there's, there's some Redskins media, uh, reporting that, um, The Redskins, and we have to assume that would be Dan Snyder, uh, were trying very hard to convince Greg Williams to come in for an interview um, with the team uh, or at least come in for discussions with the team. But what position is he interviewing for? That's the question I have because you've got a defensive coordinator already on staff and under contract in Greg Mineski. You have an offensive coordinator, right? In Matt Cavanaugh. You have a defensive lines coach that is not under contract, that contract expired. Jim Tom Sula. So was he interviewing for that position, or is he interviewing for the defensive coordinator position that may become vacant if Dan Snyder chooses to terminate the contract of Greg Minuski? But what does that say about Greg Miniski? And what is he thinking right now? Can you imagine what Greg Miniski going through? Wondering what's, what's all this? You've got to believe he's hearing the rumors that Greg Williams is talking with the team. What does he think? And here's the, here's the wild card that may not be such a wild card or, or may not be anything to come to fruition. But is something going on with Jay Gruden? Is, is Greg Williams in discussions to become the head coach of the Washington Redskins. I don't know if the media has really picked up on that possibility. I think they're continually focused on Madeski, but could that be possible? I don't know. Anything is possible with Dan Snyder. And if you happen to listen to the Kevin Sheehan Show podcast, he had Mike Shanahan on the podcast uh, yesterday. I believe it was the 14th of January. Um, and if you don't listen to the Kevin Sheehan Show podcast, great listen for, the, for Redskins fans, especially if you're outside the market and you want to get in tune with what's going on in the market. Um, he had Mike Shanahan on the podcast, and I think uh, towards the end of the interview, um, I think Kevin asked him something to the effect of, are you surprised by uh, what's going on here in, in the Redskins uh, organization? Are there any, what do you expect? Something to that effect. And I think Mike Shanahan, again, paraphrasing here, said, uh, you really can never be too surprised. Nothing surprises me there. Uh, so, and obviously you're talking about someone that had experience in Redskins Park, of course, and, and, and Ashburn. So uh, you're talking about someone that's a credible source. And if he's saying that, you really can never tell what's going to happen with that team. As long as Dan Snyder's the owner, you never know. And uh, if, if he's trying to secure a conversation with Greg Williams, not only should Greg Minuski be concerned, I'd be concerned if I were Jay Gruden as well. Um, and, and we'll see. That could be a nothing. That could be a non-starter. But again, nothing would surprise me. Nothing would surprise me. Um, I think Jay Gruden is misplaced a little bit as a head coach, in my personal opinion. Um, I think Jay Gruden has had um, an unknown level of impact within the organization because we're just not there. We can't see it. But since he's become the head coach, there's been a continual improvement in the draft process for the Redskins, meaning they've drafted better and better players, I've noticed. And I get the sense that, that Jay Gruden has a keen eye for talent evaluation. I think he can tell right away if a player's good or an NFL caliber, high quality player or not. And I think as a head coach, he might be more average. He might be really good at some things and not as good as others. Uh, I don't know. I think he's perfectly competent on coaching a team, to be honest with you. I don't think there's any fundamental issues with him. I think his issues are, can he garner the level of leadership and respect from a cultural perspective to really drive the team forward in the right way? Like a Bill Belichick, for example, who's the extreme best case example of what that looks like. He'll never be Bill Belichick. Nobody ever will be. But there's some that are better than others at driving a really high performance, high demand culture. And you'll, you know, for example, in New England, you never hear about players tweeting stuff and leaking stuff to the press and, and complaining about the coaching staff. You just don't hear it because they have a culture where that's just not tolerated and that's not accepted. And not only not accepted and tolerated, it's just one that where it won't ever happen because it's not a possibility. And I think that's something that the Redskins need. Now, can Greg Williams create that culture? Maybe, you know, Maybe. And maybe there is some discussion there going on about maybe Greg Williams is the next head coach of the Redskins, if not next year, then the year after. I don't know. I think it's very fascinating to me. There's something mysterious about this Greg Williams thing. And uh, looking forward to seeing how that plays out. I like Jay Gruden. I, like I said, I think he's misplaced. I think he might be better in the scouting department, honestly. I think he might be better in player personnel in, in the executive offices. And I would like to have him in the Redskins executive team. I think he'd be great at the drafting process um, as, a, as someone that's in, uh, more of a general manager type uh, of, regarding player evaluation and talent analysis. Maybe not in charge of uh, contract negotiations and, and true general manager responsibilities, but in that, in that player personnel talent scouting department, I think he'd be quite good at that. So I think he's an asset there. He's, he's been able to have a keen sense on talent. Uh, and I do like that. And I don't think that's talked about enough. I hear some talk about it. I know Chris Cooley's talked about it before on the radio, um, but, but it's not talked about enough. Um, and I think he's got some talent there. So anyway, um, very interesting to see. Uh, you know, um, looking forward to hearing, seeing what happens there. I think the Redskins have a lot of potential in 2019, regardless of the doom and gloom, glass half empty. Some in the Redskins media will paint for you. Um, there's a lot of upside with this team coming up uh, with all of the comp picks coming in next year or excuse me, not next year, this year for this year's draft. Um, I, I haven't checked the latest draft board. I think they're going to have nine or 10 picks uh, with the comp picks coming in. That's fantastic. Um, even if it's eight picks, that's great. <clears throat> you can do a lot with that. They got the 15th pick in the draft. They can do a lot with that. Um, they have Alex Smith, never underestimate the potential of that guy to come back from injury. Um, he could be, You know, he could be ready to go next year. We don't know. Obviously, he suffered a very bad broken leg and a subsequent infection and everybody heals differently and he could heal, um, at an exceptionally high level and he could be ready for training camp. We just don't know yet. Um, you know, we just don't know yet. And you've got Colt McCoy has been in the, who's been in the, uh, the building now for six years, I believe six, seven years. Um, he's got a lot of experience. Some say he's injury prone. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. He's never played enough to really have a title of being injury prone, in my opinion. Uh, you've got Josh Johnson uh, potentially coming back. Um, obviously, these are not dynamic quarterbacks. But, um, you know, assuming uh, let's hope for a second that Alex Smith can recover uh, or at least be ready halfway through next season. Um, if Colt McCoy can can stay healthy and lead the team through the first four, five, six games, you, know, you could have a season next year. Because think about this, you've got Darius Geis coming back, under contract, uh, uh, posted a video today of, of some workouts. He clearly is healing well from his ACL surgery. He will definitely be ready for next year. You have the potential of re-signing Adrian Peterson. That is a dynamic duo right there. Think about this. If you had Darius Geis, Peterson, and Chris Thompson, that's a lot of potential at the running back position. You're very secure there. Very secure. Um, you've got, uh, you got to, you got to figure out what we're going to do with Trent Williams, right? Um, they got to figure out the left guard position. Jonathan Cooper, I know showed some signs there. You've got Chase Rouye, who's demonstrated a, a really keen ability to be successful at the center position and be durable and healthy. Um, you got to figure out the right guard position, of course. Um, uh, and I, when I say that, I mean, you got to figure out if you're going to sign Brandon Sheriff, because that's a big contract. Now uh, you've got Morgan Moses under contract. Um, you have the potential for a solid offensive line if you can either draft at the left guard position successfully or sign someone successfully. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Inseki or, um, you know, or Laval. I think that's a position that needs to be re- restarted. Maybe maybe Cooper can play a role in that. We'll see. Um, and then you've got Vernon Davis. Um, I would imagine probably not going to be back, I would think, at this point. We'll see. Um, obviously, Jordan Reed's a, a decision to be made. It might be time to move on from him. Um, he hasn't played at the level in the last several years that he's capable of. Uh, he has a lot of talent, but it's just not there. Um, he's just not getting enough snaps and not staying on the field enough. Um, obviously, the wide receiver position is a major question mark, probably the biggest question mark on the entire team, besides maybe safety at this point. Um, you have to figure out the wide receiver position. Hopefully, Trey Quinn can step in. Hopefully, you can re and Crowder. Paul Richardson will be back. I think they need to add a true a true wide out, a true strong X receiver uh, that can really, really drive the offense. Uh, maybe make a splash and trade for a big name. There's a guy named Antonio Brown that's not happy out there in Pittsburgh. So that's the kind of splash they need to make. I don't know if that's through the draft, maybe, but it's st- certainly they need to do something there. Defense, they've got a solid core. Personally, I think they can switch to a four, three and be much better with the talent they have. Uh, if they can get Preston Smith back, I would say that's probably less likely than not. That's going to happen from an outsider's perspective. But if you got Kerrigan and, and Jonathan Allen and Daron Payne and Matt Ionidas, um, and if you can line them up in a four, three setup, uh, it, with Smith and, and Sean Dion Hamilton back there, maybe Zach Brown is gone. Maybe Mason Foster's gone. Probably at this point, that's likely to happen. Um, You've got a good front seven. You've got a good inner core of that defense. You've got to figure, in, figure out the secondary and stabilize it. You know, Greg Stroman, the jury's still out on him. He has potential. Fabian Moreau has potential. Um, the safety position, I don't know about Clinton Dix uh, being re-signed. Um, I, it's possible he may be re-signed because they just don't have anybody. <laughs> But um, we'll see. You know, that's a position they may want to look at in the draft as well, uh, the secondary. So potential for the Redskins exists in 2019. My point is it's not doom and gloom. You have an inner core. You have, especially your, your, your offensive and defensive lines. If you don't have those stabilized, you don't have a football team. And they have those, those roles almost completely stabilized. So they have a very, very good chance to have a decent season. Probably no worse than mediocre, 8-8, 7-9, 9-7. Again, it's very possible, um, assuming they can have stability at the quarterback position. Um, That's the key for them. Um, So, you know, I'm I'm not writing off 2019 just yet. I think there's potential there, especially if they have a good draft with all their draft picks. They can fill in some of these holes. So um, let's stay excited about the Redskins. You know, they're still a, uh, uh, the opening day is only eight months away. We'll see, what they, we'll see what changes they make in the front office. We'll see what changes they make in the coaching staff. I'm sure there'll be some. We know about a couple already, <laughs> not from the Redskins, ironically, but from outside sources we know that and Gray and uh, Ben Kotwika are no longer with the team. But anyway, lots. there's still definitely uh, an opportunity there to uh, have a decent season in 2019, have at least a somewhat competitive season in 2019. Um, and we'll see how that goes. Should be exciting. Can't wait for the draft. Can't wait to see what happens. All right, everybody. That's your Everyday Practical Dad podcast today. Love you all. Have a good day. Thanks.